Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 4th of August. India reported 42,625 COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking the country's tally to over 3.17 crore. The new cases are 39.5% higher than yesterday's count of 30,549. With 562 fatalities in the last 24 hours, the death toll now stands at 4,25,757. Remember that all these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. The Union Health Ministry yesterday warned that the second wave of the pandemic was still raging in the country. It added that our number an indicator of the transmission of infection had gone up in eight states these states were himachal pradesh jammu and kashmir lakshadweep tamil nadu mizoram karnataka puducherry and kerala an r number lower than 1 means that one patient is not even infecting one more person on an average and if the number keeps falling there will be fewer and fewer cases going forward If R is more than 1, the infection can spiral out of control. On an average, India has an R value of 1.2. Meanwhile, Kerala recorded 23,676 new COVID cases yesterday, pushing the total number of infections to 34.49 lakh. According to Hindustan Times, this was the state's highest one-day rise in cases since 29th of May. With 148 more deaths, Kerala's toll rose to 17,103. In response to meeting the vaccine doses target in the country, the government said that 135 crore doses target will be met between August and December. While Bharat Biotech's Ankaleshwar facility is expected to add 6 million doses in the coming months, Indian Immunologicals Limited is expected to begin delivering 2 million doses of Covaxin in September. Globally, according to Johns Hopkins University, COVID-19 has infected 199.5 million people and caused more than 4.24 million deaths since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. In Indonesia, more than 100,000 have died so far from the coronavirus. After weeks of topping the world's tally of daily COVID-19 deaths, according to data from the health ministry, Indonesia added 1,747 fatalities on Wednesday, bringing its total number to 100,636. With this, Indonesia joined 11 other countries including Brazil and India that have lost more than 100,000 lives in the pandemic that began last year. While Indonesia is adding fewer cases daily than the US, its lower vaccination coverage and less equipped healthcare system have led to higher mortality rates from the virus. According to Bloomberg's vaccine tracker, just 8% of Indonesia's 270 million population are fully inoculated, compared with more than half in the US. After a 9-year-old Dalit girl was allegedly raped, murdered and forcibly cremated in southwest Delhi, protests demanding the death sentence for the culprits continued today. Congress MP Rahul Gandhi also met the girl's family today. Meanwhile, Delhi CM Arvind Kejriwal ordered a magisterial probe into the case and announced a compensation of rupees 10 lakh for the family of the 9-year-old. Yesterday Bhim Army Chief Chandrasekhar Azad and his party members too 
met the protesters and demanded strict and immediate action into the case. On Monday, four people were arrested, namely the prime accused Radheshyam and his three accomplices Kuldeep, Lakshmi Narayan and Salim. Shyam works as a priest at a crematorium in Delhi's cantonment neighborhood where the alleged rape and murder occurred. The culprits have been charged with gang rape, murder and other offenses under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offenses Act and the Scheduled Caste and Scheduled Tribe Act. News Laundry's Nidhi Suresh met with the girl's mother who claimed that she wanted to call the police but the priest wouldn't listen and insisted on cremating the body. According to the mother, Radhe Shyam said and I quote, He told me don't shout, don't scream. What had to happen has happened. Now why are you screaming? Let's finish this. And then he set my child on fire. Unquote. Besides, the mother told Nidhi that the police took them to the Delhi Cant police station and kept them for the next 15 hours. She also alleged that a man in civilian clothes beat up her husband inside the station and threatened to do the same to her. To read the detailed report, visit our website. The report is titled, Don't Shout! Dalit Child Raped, Killed, Forcibly Burnt at Delhi Crematorium. And while you are there, do check Ayush and Basan's latest report that lists out the amount spent on advertisements by the Uttar Pradesh government between April 2020 and March 2021. In an RTI filed in March this year by Lucknow-based journalist Uma Shankar Dubey, it was revealed that of the rupees 160 crore that the Uttar Pradesh government spent on advertisements on TV news channels between this period, only 6.3 crore rupees was spent on COVID ad campaigns. While the government spent over 70% of its ad money for news channels on the Atmanirbhar Bharat campaign. To know the details, check out their report. It is titled, In pandemic year, UP spent just 4% of its ad money on COVID awareness and relief campaigns. Listeners, it is not a secret how the Adityanath government fared during the pandemic and failed in handling the crisis. If we go by the government figures alone, then the state recorded more than 11,000 COVID deaths in May and April 2021. At News Laundry, we have reported from UP's Merit how these numbers are significantly underreported. It's appalling to see that the taxpayer money is used by the government to mask the truth. Instead of taking responsibility, the UP government ran advertorials on news channels and newspapers boasting about its handling of the crisis. This is where our job as an independent media organization comes into the picture. Not being funded by the government gives us the freedom to hold them accountable. News Laundry since its inception has been supported by its thousands of subscribers, not advertisers. So continue supporting us. Help build a free and independent news ecosystem. Subscribe to News Laundry today. You can do so by going to our homepage and by clicking on the red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our lowest subscription starts at Rs 300 a month only. The Jharkhand High Court yesterday slammed a special investigation team investigating the alleged murder of Dhanbad Judge Uttam Anand. According to Indian Express, the court noted that the Jharkhand police were feeding questions to achieve a particular answer which was not appreciated. The court hearing the case Suomoto observed that the autopsy report stated 
that the death was caused by hard and blunt substance due to head injury. After that, it is up to the investigating agency to figure out what the crime weapon was. It questioned why the police were inquiring if such injuries could be caused due to a fall. The bench comprising Chief Justice Rajiv Ranjan and Justice Sujit Narayan said and I quote, We have perused the questionnaire framed by the investigating officer. Please explain whether the injuries in the head are possible by fall on road surface or not. When the investigating agency is investigating the occurrence in order to find out the reason of death, then how and under what circumstances such a question is being asked by the investigating officer from the concerned doctor. That too when the CCTV footage clarifies the entire scene of occurrence. Unquote. It also noted that it was essential to unearth the conspiracy and catch the mastermind and that apprehending a pawn would not serve any purpose. ASJ Anand was hit by an auto rickshaw that veered sharply towards him on an empty road. The post-mortem report mentioned diffuse contusion in the head as well as fracture and blood clots in the protection layer of the brain. Two persons allegedly involved in the murder were arrested by the police. The police also seized the auto rickshaw which was found to be stolen. Assam's Lovelina Borogain backed the bronze in women's welterweight category today after losing 5-0 against Turkey's Buzena Surmeneli in the 69kg semi-finals. With this, India won its third medal and second bronze at Tokyo 2020. Lovelina became India's second woman boxer with an Olympic medal after Mericom in 2012 London Games. Neera Chopra qualified for the men's javelin throw finals. In the women's hockey semi-finals, India lost to Argentina today by 2-1. In wrestling, both Ravi Dahiya and Deepak Punia won and made their way into the semi-finals in the 57kg and 86kg category respectively. Listeners, you can catch all the updates from the Tokyo Olympics on our NL Playoffs podcast. Yesterday, Assam's Kachar District Administration declared the Sonai Revenue Circle's border area with Mizoram a no-flying zone for drones. Kachar Deputy Commissioner Kirti Jali issued an order days after a violent clash between police forces of two northeastern neighbours was witnessed last month. The clash on 26th of July left seven people including six Assam police personnel and a civilian dead and over 50 others injured, prompting the central government to intervene. According to Jali, the order was passed in view of security threats posed due to recent drone attacks by various miscreants and anti-social elements which may endanger human life, property and public breach of tranquility and peace. Previously, Mizoram's Kolasib District Administration identified eight places along the sensitive Assam-Mizoram border as no drone zones. Over the last few days, the state administrations of Assam and Mizoram have been attempting to de-escalate tensions between the two states. A bomb blast occurred in Afghanistan's Kabul on Wednesday morning. According to Al Jazeera, no group has claimed responsibility. Authorities claimed that at least 8 people were killed and 20 others were injured in a bombing targeting the country's acting defence minister in a Kabul district on Tuesday. According to Interior Ministry spokesperson Mirwai Stanikzai, the massive explosion was followed by a gun battle 
between Afghan security personnel and armed group combatants. He predicted that the death toll would climb. He added that all four attackers were shot and killed after five hours of fighting. The Taliban have claimed responsibility for the Tuesday evening attack. In a statement shared with Al Jazeera, Taliban spokesman Zabiullah Mujahid said that the attack was carried out by several brave Mujahideen of the Martyrdom Brigade. As the Afghan army launched a major counter-offensive against the Taliban, this prompted several residents in the southern city of Lashkar-Gah to have fled their homes. However, many people were caught in the crossfire as the armed group maintained control. In May, dozens of civilians were killed in the fierce battle for Lashkar-Gah. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.